You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister, Kirk McKenzie. It being summer, we're doing our Summer Stories series, um, where we're looking at just some of the stories that Jesus told um, from the book of Matthew. And tonight, we're going to look at a story. I've got some props. This is related to what we're talking about. Um, Tonight, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told that I don't know if it's his shortest story, but if not, it's closest to the shortest story that he told. And... Uh, it involves three characters, a father and his two children. And I have my two children here. So Jasmine and Kira, do you want to come up to the front? And we'll give them a little roll. Can I grab the handheld mic too? Um, so, Jasmine, can you go there? And Kira, you can go there. Okay, so um, Jasmine, you have one word to say. That word is no. Can we practice it? No. Excellent. And Kira, you have one word to say, which is yes. Can you practice it? Yes. Good. And you have one action to do. After you've said your word, Jasmine, you need to start stacking up those blocks in a nice, neat tower, okay? And Kira, when you said your word, I want you to go and hide somewhere in the second row where you've been sitting so we can't see you. Okay? Does that work? All right, here we go. Here's the story, everybody. Um, now, this, the story that Jesus told is set on a farm, um, but we're going with... A stage with some blocks. Uh, but yeah, it still works, still works. Okay, so there was a father uh, who had two children, and he said to one of his children, uh, go over to those blocks and start stacking them up one on top of the other. And his child said, no. But then went and started doing it anyway. And then he said to the second child, go over to that pile of blocks and start stacking it up one on top of the other. And that child said, yes but then didn't do it and instead <laughs> went and did something else. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> Round of applause for our actors. <laughs> right, Jasmine, you can go back to your seat, but we are going to act it out again, all right? So that was a good run through um, and we'll get back into it a second time. Going to knock that down. We need to, because we're, we're doing the story again. Okay, so... Jesus then asked the people who was telling the story a question. Who was obedient to the father? Who did what the father told them? Who thinks it was the first child? Quite a few hands. Anyone think it was the second? Oh, you're all correct. It was the first. (laughs) The crowd agrees. (laughs) Uh, And they said, yeah, the first child, even though they'd said no, they actually did what the father said. Now, who was Jesus telling this story to? This is always worth checking out. When you read a story in the Bible, um, or, and particularly with Jesus telling stories to groups of people, ask yourself, well, which group of people is it? Who's listening? And if you delve around in the verses around in, in chapter 21 of Matthew, you'll find out that he was in the temple. Now, the temple uh, is got some similarities with church there's some differences but there's a lot of similarities the people who were at the temple were usually there to worship God and to learn about God much as what we do when we gather together as a church today so a lot of similarities between the people Jesus was talking to there and the people we have gathered here today now um, he told this story to a group of religious people a group of 
churchy types. So, we're going to have a bit of interaction this evening. Uh, by the way, if you're visiting with us and you're like, oh, interaction, I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> Whoa. You can pass, right? So if one of our regular people turns to you and invites you to join the conversation and you don't want to, just politely say, oh, I'll pass, thanks for tonight. Um, but otherwise, encourage you to include um, yourself, move around if you need to get into conversation with others. And I just want you to turn around and talk to each other about, okay, put your religious hat on. I know you probably don't think of yourself as particularly religious, but like, I'm in a temple, I'm a religious Jewish person, and I'm hearing this story from Jesus. What questions might you have hearing that story? Follow up if you've got time. If you were a non-religious person who happened to be there, how would you have heard the story differently? Or how might you have heard the story differently? Just give you a couple of minutes to chat amongst that amongst yourselves. Uh, regulars, please make the effort to include others as you go. All right, you want to wrap that up? I'm going to take you through the story again. As I said, it's pretty short. This time, have that in mind that Jesus is in the temple. He's with some of the most religious people in the city um, who definitely believe in God and who say they follow God. And let's just have a listen to the story again. So once there was a father who had two children. He went to the, uh, the first child and said, head over to those blocks and start stacking them up one by one. And the child said, no. But then went and did it anyway. Went to his second child and said, go over to those blocks and start stacking them up one, one on top of the other. Yes. But then they didn't do that and went and did something else instead. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the story. Thank you, Jasmine. You can go back to your seat. Uh, so, <laughs> which son represents the religious people in this story? Who do you think? A few people pointing this side. Yeah? Yep. In the morning service, someone said both. Someone called out quite loudly, both. Um, and that probably does... You might zoom out to sort of religious people generally... And do that, but Jesus was very specifically um, referring to the people in the room that he was speaking to at the time as mostly majority being in the category of the person who said yes to what the Father told them to do, but didn't do it. And we know that because he gives an explanation for the story afterwards, and John's going to chuck that on the screen for us. So he says that to them, "I tell you the truth, corrupt." tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. There's sort of two categories of people there that referred to. There's tax collectors and prostitutes. So both those groups of people were not liked in Jesus' time. They were considered the bad people. They might have been referred to as scum or they're the worst. They probably wouldn't have been welcome. Parents probably wouldn't have wanted their kids to hang out with them, this sort of thing. The, um, the prostitutes perhaps more because of their behaviour and the business they were involved in. The tax collectors primarily because of their greed and their corruption. They were criminal, usually criminals, usually um, were very much into stealing people's money and using the power of the government to sort of do that. So you've got, whatever the case, these people are just known as being not particularly popular. And Jesus said, hey, the people that you think are the worst, that you push to the edges of your community... They're getting into the kingdom of God before all you church people. And then he gives some history to it. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live. John the Baptist was a great preacher, told people about God, told people how to follow God. 
And he said, but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, even when you saw the people who you think are the worst, turning their lives around, making good decisions to follow God, um, changing the way they were living to be more in line with what God wants, even when you saw that happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. It is quite a critical story that Jesus is telling here. It's challenging the religious people who say, I'm saying yes to God, but then don't actually live it out, despite the opportunities they've had. Now, repentance is um, a word that we do use outside of church, but um, we use it a fair bit inside church. And I always like to do a bit of a definition, just for those of you who've forgotten it or maybe haven't really heard it used much before. Robin, can I just get a hand from you here for this? Let's just assume that this piece of paper here is a treasured possession of Robin's. Now, I'm going to take that from you several times during this demo. It's nothing personal. Yeah, okay, we're just pretending, all right? But it's very personal and valuable to Robin, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and so I come along and I steal it. Is that the right thing or the wrong thing to do? It's the wrong thing to do. Okay, how could I make it better? Uh, well, I could go and I could say, what could I say? I could say, sorry. I could say, Robin, I did the wrong thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> but of course, okay, there's another action. Like, just saying sorry isn't enough, isn't it? We need to give it back to her. Okay, so that's good. So I give it back and then I steal it again. Any problems with that? I haven't changed my behavior, have I? Okay, so ultimate, saying sorry is good, but repentance is saying sorry plus more. It's actually saying, Robin, I did the wrong thing. I should not have taken that from you. I'm sorry. Here, have it back. And now I'm committing to not stealing it again and not stealing valuable things from anyone else. You see the difference there? Repentance is not just feeling bad for what you did or saying I did the wrong thing, but it's also committing to live in a new way. Thank you. That's all, that's all you need. You said you wouldn't take it now. Yeah, but it's got my notes on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've finished pretending. Okay, so, um, so that's repentance, right? And so Jesus is saying, well, the tax collectors and the prostitutes uh, and those people that you know, the religious people thought were bad people, they were repenting. They were making good decisions. What the implication is, is that everyone needs to repent. It's not just the people who are supposedly the worst people. That actually, it seems like the religious people had as much to repent of as anyone else. They just didn't want to. They were just refusing to do it. Making excuses not to. We're going to do the story one more time. So Jasmine and Kira, can you come back up? It's a simple story. It's a short story. But often... No, don't swap. Let's just keep it the same. We don't confuse people. It's a simple story. It's a short story. But sometimes they are the ones that are the easiest to ignore, even though they have very important and profound things to say to us. So as we do it once more, I just want to encourage you to allow God to use this simple story to speak to you and where you're at in your life right now. Once there was a father who had two, two children, he said to the first child, head over to those blocks and start stacking them up one on top of the other. And they no. said, they said, no. But then went and did it anyway. Went to the second child and said, go over to that pile of blocks and start stacking them up one on top of the other. And they said, yes. 
But then they didn't do that and they went and did something else instead. And after the story, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Thank you to Jasmine and Kira for what you've done uh, with your acting there. Appreciate your help. I'm going to give you a reasonable slab of discussion time now, a chance to really chat it through and to... Um, I've got a few questions you might like to discuss. You can go outside these questions. You don't have to try and discuss all of them. Um, but here's three that I thought would be useful. Who are the tax collectors of our day? Who are the people who are pushed to the edge of our community, to the edge of our society, who are considered to be bad people for whatever reason by the rest of us? More personally, is there a person or a group of people you need to change your attitude about in response to this passage. Everyone needs to repent. There's a challenge there, particularly if you're a Christian, have been for a while, there's a challenge to you as a follower of Jesus to not be a hypocrite in the way we think about other people. And the third question is, are we honest about our own sin and failure at this church? So have a bit of a chat for that. I'll give you like five minutes to go through that. Um, be interested to see what sort of conversations happen. Um, you might like to continue them at supper afterwards. But yeah, turn to the people around you and have a bit of a chat about that. All right, let's bring those conversations to a close. Hopefully you got, you got some good food for thought there and can chuck it around in the foyer afterwards. If you had a really burning question that you're like, oh, really love to talk about that more, I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, over supper after the service. I'm going to finish tonight's teaching with a prayer. Um, I'll take my time with this one and just leave a bit of space for you guys to talk with God yourself um, in your own thoughts. Um, just a bit of reflection on what we've looked at together tonight. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're sorry for the things that we've done that are wrong, whether we've done it deliberately or accidentally. Um, we just acknowledge that we all contribute to the problems in the world and we all contribute to the evil in the world in one way or another. For that we are sorry and just ask your help in living differently. You might want to mention something specifically to God right now, commit to repenting of that. God, we thank you for the grace that you offer us through Jesus Christ, that undeserved, unconditional love that you have for each of us that's available for everyone. Whether we've said yes to you our entire life or whether we've said no to you for a long time, that when we say yes, your love is always there ready to embrace us. Thank you that this whole Christianity thing, the following Jesus thing, it's not performance-based. It's grace-based. It's you forgiving us and 
taking all the initiative and us simply accepting the great gift that you have for us. Pray for anyone tonight who is struggling to accept that gift for one reason or another. Please fill us with your spirit so that each of us can know in our hearts, in our minds, in our guts that we are unconditionally loved by you. That that could be the place where we make our decisions in life. That could be the basis of what we do in our life. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. If you have any questions about this podcast, send us an email, questions at stjohnsdc.org.au. 